Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in. You have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd, and today we're going to take a bunch of listener questions. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I'm glad you guys are here today. Thanks for tuning in. So many things are going on right now, and uh, I I just cannot think of a more important topic for a more uh, for a better time in the history of our nation than the things we're going to talk about today. Uh, I'm going to take your questions today. Wanted to let you know that the way to do that, most of the questions. I'm going to answer today. In fact, all of them are voicemails that you guys have left for me at Anchor. And you can do that by going to anchor.fm forward slash Heidi St. John forward slash message. And you can leave a voicemail for me. You have got exactly 60 seconds to drop that message in there. So maybe think it through a little bit before uh, before you jump on there. But just know that uh, we listen to all of those. If there are a lot of them the same, we're just going to pick the one that we think uh, encompasses most of what we're trying to get across in the podcast. So we want to thank you guys for doing that. We have just started a brand new study at MomStrong International. We are going through my book, Becoming Mom Strong: How to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and Your Faith. You guys heard me say yesterday that that's exactly what we're doing right now off the bench and onto the battlefield, absolutely, in uh, in politics as I have entered the race for Congress, uh, the United States House of Representatives in Washington's 3rd Congressional District. You guys can find out more and you can support me at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. All right, we're going to jump right into your questions. The first one comes from Megan, and she has a question about social emotional learning. Let's listen to Megan's question, and then I'll answer it. Hi, Heidi. It's Megan from Missouri. My question is on social emotional learning. Um, I think in a previous podcast, you mentioned something like, don't even get me started on that. So I'm really curious what your thoughts are on that. Um, Something has never sat well with that whole idea for me, and I'm just curious if you know, your thoughts on that align with my inclination. Um, my other part of my question is just on discipline in general. I'm really struggling with discipline in our household and we're looking for, um, kind of just some resources on biblical approach. Um, I just haven't found anything so far, but I don't know that I've looked that hard. I always value your opinion. So I just thought I'd ask, um, about that. Thanks. Bye. All right. So this is a question I'm getting a lot and actually we're going to come back to it because my friend Suzanne Gallagher, who is really a pro on this topic is coming onto the show with me next week. And so I'm going to do basically an entire episode devoted to social emotional learning, but I got to tell you, this is how I've looked at it. So I've been watching this since about 2015. It's not new. It's just that now we are uh, we're seeing it more mainstream. So it's been working its way through the system, just like socialism, just like Marxism, just like uh, gender neutral garbage and all this stuff they're trying to push on your kids. This stuff has actually been there for a while. It was just sort of in uh, what I would say up in the attic or down in the basement. Nobody really knew that it was in the house. Right. And so someone would go up to the attic and they'd pull down a little component of social emotional learning and then they make sure the rest of it, the big fat rest of the garbage was up in the attic where no one could see it. Well, now it's really not in the attic anymore, even in the basement. It's in mainstream learning. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's my opinion that the U.S. Department of Education is just really wanting to dig into the psyche of our kids. And we need to be standing up against this. I was looking at an article that was written 
when was this written? 2016 uh, in townhall.com. It says the latest big education fad, social emotional learning is as bad as it sounds. And so this article, fantastic. I'll link back to it in the show notes today, but it says the U.S. Department of Education longs to plumb the psyches of our children as its own reports reveal, and it enjoys the eager complicity of the state education establishment. As reported by Education Week, the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, or CASEL, recently announced that eight states will, quote, work collaboratively to create and implement plans to encourage social-emotional learning in their schools. These states are jumping in on a bandwagon that threatens to roll over innocent children and their privacy. So remember, this was in 2016. So now here we are in 2021. I promise you the train is moving at an an incredibly fast pace right now. Uh, Castle is a big gorilla in the zoo of social emotional learning or SEL. Having proved so adept or perhaps having given up on teaching students English, math, science, and history, state progressive establishment education is joining Castle to explore more esoteric pursuits. Better to diminish academic content knowledge and push SEL. Quote, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we were supposed to be teaching our kids that stuff at home. Pretty sure. Suppose the government decides that a child be more and it will be a more acceptable student or citizen or a worker be if he learns to acquiesce to the, quote, consensus of the group, regardless of his own moral standards, or if he or she learns to accept that, quote, all commands of the government must be obeyed. Well, the student may fulfill the standard by developing the correct attitudes, but under whose authority does the government presume to instill attitudes that may conflict with the parents' desires? So these eight states, California, Georgia, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Washington, that's where I live, have thus joined a few others in assuming the right to substitute their authority for the parents in children's most intimate and personal development from pre-kindergarten all the way through graduation. And in so doing, the nanny states are acting in the spirit of the new federal Every Student Succeeds Act, which encourages rating the schools partially based on, quote, non-academic factors that include measures of social-emotional learning and provide for funding from a range of potential SEL programs. Thank you, Speaker Ryan for ramming this bill through in 2016. So here we are today, and and I just stood up against this in my hometown of Battleground, Washington, the Battleground School District, trying to get a levy passed there, which ultimately failed. But I was reading their little very, very well done, very expensive mailer that came to my house. And I noticed that very, uh, I noticed that in a section of the flyer, they were talking about what this money would go to, right? Because we're all, you know, every year, we have to take more of your tax dollars because we don't have enough, right? We apparently cannot uh, function within our ability as a school district, no matter how much money you give us, because every year we need more and more and more and more and more of your money. A lot of the money this time was going to social emotional learning. There was a beautiful little icon toward the bottom of this flyer, that was telling parents where their money was going to go. So uh, some of them looked fine and some of them, and I noticed, you know, tucked down the corner, this icon for social emotional learning. And then if you were to flip to the other side of the page, you would see a ton of the money going to bring in psychiatrists and psychologists into the school. Why? 
because you can't implement social emotional learning without it. Why? Because assessment and development of students' social and emotional skills is risky business. So what kind of training will the teachers and other school personnel have for this responsibility? Psychologists. So this dude, Gary Thompson, pointed out the extremely sensitive nature of evaluating children's social-emotional makeup and warns about having inadequately trained personnel implementing plans designed to alter students' psyche. This is exactly what they're trying to do. People are telling you, oh, social-emotional learning can be so good for your kids. And no. Even prominent SEL proponents caution that assessing students on SEL standards, especially within the common mechanism of student surveys, can be a shot in the dark. Researchers Angela Duckworth and David Yeager have said that, quote, perfectly unbiased, unfakeable, and error-free measures are an ideal, not a reality. You guys, this stuff is garbage. If it's in your child's school, and I promise you it is, maybe it's time to get your kids out of these schools. If a school's Uh, If a child's school dossier says he doesn't meet an SEL standard for, say, anger management, could that come back to haunt him? Maybe when he applies for college or a job or enlists in the military or goes on trial for a crime. Dr. Thompson points out as well that these records containing what is rightly considered medical information would be characterized as education records and therefore not protected by HIPAA. Placed in the wrong hands, he warns, psychological testing can ruin lives as well as cause psychological trauma to people if the results are misused. And so, um, I mean, you're going to hear this is just another, yet another uh, stab at our children, trying to get into the minds of our children, trying to change the way that they think, not for the better either for the collective. This is what socialism is, right? We don't think as individuals anymore. We think as, as the collective. It's not what's good for the individual, which is how the country was founded, right? Individual liberty, individual freedom. You're presumed innocent until proven guilty. We're starting to see a shift in that happen in this country. Ever heard of the cancel culture? SEL is going to play right into it. So you should check and see, mom and dad, does your school, in fact, just call the school and say, hey, are you guys implementing social emotional learning? And they're going to say, oh, yes, we are. And it's wonderful. And here's why. And don't listen. It's not wonderful. And I will link back to a bunch of articles about it in the show notes today. And my friend Suzanne Gallagher is going to come on and we're going to talk about it. Next question comes from Paulina, who's a brand new believer. Here's a little bit of Paulina's question. Hey, Heidi, it's Paulina. I'm a brand new baby Christian. And the best thing that happened to me in 2020 was was baby Jesus. Anyway, uh, I love your podcast. Thank you. Thank you a million. And definitely want to... uh, support you in any way I can. And, um, but my quick questions are to, uh, what do you, what's your two cents on Zionist Christianity? I'm a little confused. So, um, and also it seems like some very, very well-known, uh, pastors are Zionists and some well-known people. I mean, I don't know anything. I'm totally being judgy Joe face. I I don't know, but it's a little confusing. And then the second and last thing is on the tribulation. It sounds like you don't believe that Christians are going to be in the tribulation. All right. So a couple of things, Paulina, first of all, welcome to the family of God. I love to hear the enthusiasm in your voice and what God is doing to just draw you closer to him. It's just such an encouragement to me. There are actually some really good silver linings in the Rona. 
There really are. And a lot of those silver linings right now, right, we're seeing them, is is people coming to faith in Jesus. And it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for those of us who've been walking with the Lord for a long time to come alongside and mentor and encourage you. One thing I'm going to encourage you to do right away is stay away from what I would call fringe aspects of Christianity. So there are lots of them, right? Uh, the Zionist movement. The Zionist movement began in the 1890s, and uh, it found really fulfillment when Israel was recognized as a state and granted sovereignty as a nation by the United Nations. Zionism really is a geopolitical movement. It started that way as a just simply as a political movement, and today seems to be more of an ideology than anything else. I have seen this tear Christians apart. I've watched people argue about it up one side and down the other. Uh, you need to be very, very careful when people start talking to you about things like Zionism. Uh, you know, you're going to hear about white supremacy and all kinds of garbage. We have got to stop putting ourselves into these categories. You know, and especially for new Christians, um, sweet friend, I'm just going to encourage you, read the Bible for yourself. You can get a good study Bible. You can start reading books about what it means to study the Bible. And those kinds of things, I think, will steer you away from more of the side uh side pockets of you that you can see in Christianity, such as Zionism or Christian Zionism, my encouragement to you would be to run from it. Uh, from what I understand, I don't, I will be completely honest and say, I don't understand a ton about it. I heard the name and I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get involved in that. And I think a lot of these, um, these sects, I guess you would call them, I don't even know, I don't even really want to call it a denomination because it's not, it's a sect it's an offshoot of Christianity. It takes the promises of God that are found in Genesis 12 and 15 and 17 and applies them to the modern state of Israel. And these guys are so hung up on it that they are going to argue and fight. And I mean, I have watched it in real time and I'm just, I'm going to encourage you away from it. Um, I don't believe that what they say is right. Uh, the apostle Paul in Galatians 3.16 wrote, Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, as of many, but it says, and to your offspring, that is to one person who is Christ. Right? So Paul's arguing from the singular noun in Genesis to show that the promises to Abraham point to Christ. Christ is the focus of the promised land. The promises to Abraham have been realized in Christ. He holds everything that Judaism desired and knowing him gains access to those promises. And it's probably important to, uh, to go and look at the roots of Christian Zionism. I looked for at gotquestions.org because they usually have a pretty balanced approach to stuff like this. And, uh, they, they are the ones that said, uh, this, you know, Israel was officially recognized in 1948. This is when this movement really found its fulfillment because it was granted, Israel was granted a sovereignty by the United Nations. And they went on to say, this is when technically the political Zionist movement ended and the ideology of Zionism began. And as such has become a much debated topic. Boy, that is the truth. Uh, some would say that Zionism has become a motivation for racism or a reaction against anti-Semitism. Others believe that Zionism is, as it currently exists, is merely Jewish patriotism. Any which way you look at it, uh, I would just advise you to be careful. And get yourself get yourself into a Bible-believing church. Look for a denomination that is um, teaching the Bible word for word and verse by verse. Find a pastor that's an expositor and goes through the Bible, and you will, you will discover very quickly that the Lord is going to help you understand 
what's in his word and then be able to defend it. So I'm excited for you, Paulina, as you are uh, becoming familiar with God's word and learning how to study it, as the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, to show yourself an approved workman who doesn't need to be ashamed and who can rightly handle the word of God. So I'm excited for you. That's a great question. Like I said, I don't know before everybody sends me a bunch of hate mail. I don't know a whole lot about Christian Zionism, but I can tell you on its face, it bothers me. I got a hundred red flags. I would just say, be very, very careful. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Next question comes from Lauren. Let's listen to Lauren's question. She's asking, where can I find truth off of social media? Hey, Heidi. My name is Lauren. Thank you for all that you share for the truth of Christ in this crazy world. Um, I have two little kids at home, and I love keeping up to date with podcasts and other things, um, but I want to kind of steer away from social media. Unfortunately, I feel like it's the best place right now to really find um real sources of news from unbiased people. That being said, what do you recommend for some good news resources so we can really find out what's kind of going on, um, not from a liberal perspective or anything like that, but from a Christian point of view, um, without always being on my phone trying to check anything out? Because I don't want to be distracted. I want to be present for my kids. um, But I also want to be a wise parent in the way that I lead them. All right. Thanks for all you do. We appreciate it. So Lauren, this is a fantastic question. I love that you're looking for good sources of news and it's very hard to find right now. And I'm, I am, I'm going to give you a couple of them. So I want you guys to, you know, if you're, if you're in the mood to write things down, I'll give you a couple of places where I think you can find actually good news. Uh, And there's a bunch of places where you're not going to find very good news. I am kind of interested in all the news sources. So you're going to find Heidi St. John looking at places like CNN. And uh, because I know that those guys are slanted, but I like to hear what they're talking about. But here's a couple of places you guys can look. Number one is the Washington Free Beacon. These guys have been around since 2012, and they kind of have a variety of fresh content. And they do kind of a, a unique blend of investigative journalism and satire. And so it's interesting. Uh, They regularly deliver solid information as well as laughs, but be aware it's far from an unbiased resource. And I think this is true of almost every news source right now. So the question is, the question has to be, you know, where are these guys coming from? Number two, the American thinker. Uh, The American thinker is a blog and it's not going to blow you away with their graphics or anything like that, but it will blow you away with plenty of conservative opinion content. Uh, I think it's interesting. The stuff that's on American Thinker are their articles that you're not going to find anywhere else. And uh, a lot of the guys that write for them have pretty impressive political backgrounds. So it's an interesting publication. And uh, and they also invite readers to submit content, which is something I like. The National Review been around for a long, long time, probably one of the most well-known destinations for conservative thought. And uh, I like that one. So uh, I signed up for the Morning Jolt. I haven't been reading it lately. Um, also, I really like the Blaze. I really like the um, Epic Times or EPOCH. I really like those guys. PJ Media, I found out from uh, my friend 
uh, my friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs. This is a site that's made up of exclusive commentary and they put it, you know, in columns and blog format. And uh, this is what this, the chief goals of PJ Media states that they are there to do. Quote, defend, protect, and preserve what made and will continue to make America great. So that's PJ Media. Definitely worth looking at. Um, obviously, you guys can look at Red State. That's interesting, the Red State blog. I like to look at LifeSite News. Um, they are very interested right in the culture of life. So anything that happens up on Capitol Hill that's going to affect uh, especially the unborn, um, you're going to find information about it at LifeSiteNews.com. I love The Federalist. I've been reading that forever and ever. Amen. So anyway, I hope that that helps you. Uh, there's also a bunch of iPhone apps for conservatives, and we may talk about those a little bit next week. But be very careful. I think we want to be careful not to live in a bubble so that we're not hearing the opinions of other people, right? It's easy for us to go, oh, I'm going to be in my little conservative bubble and I'm never going to listen to what anybody else is saying. But then we wind up with this sort of in this sort of echo chamber. And I think we want to be very careful about that. All right. Last question today comes from my girl, Samantha, who has lost her mojo uh, in her quiet time with the Lord. Let's listen to Samantha's question and then I'll answer it. Hi, Heidi. First, I want to say thank you for always sharing wisdom and truth. You've become a strong spiritual mentor to me over the past few years, and I want to thank you for being so faithful. My question comes from a point in my life right now where I feel like I'm in a spiritual valley. I have a hard time committing to my morning prayer time. I'm easily distracted and can't focus. Have you ever been in this kind of unmotivated valley before? And if so, how did you fight through it to get your passion back for morning prayer time? I have the time set aside for it, but most days recently, especially, I can't get myself going. I'm a homeschooling mom, and I just feel so tired right now. Samantha, my friend, moment of silence for you. Girlfriend, I have been right where you are. And in fact, I'm closing my eyes right now, and I'm envisioning that I was just there last week. So it's okay for you. In fact, I'm so glad that you were honest enough to say that you're having a hard time picking up your Bible and having a hard time in your prayer life. I think that every person that's listening to this has been walking with the Lord for more than 10 minutes understands exactly what you mean. So I'm going to give you a couple of ways that have helped me over the years. Uh, first of all, you got to remember, and this is probably the most, the thing that helped me the most is remembering that the battle that I was in wasn't just a battle for whether or not I would be able to spend you know time with the Lord by myself. The battle that you're in is a spiritual battle, right? The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians that the battle that we're in is not a flesh and blood battle, right? It's a battle against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And so we know that the adversary wants you to be um, always on defense. So how are you always on defense? Well, you're always on defense when you don't have a good offense, right? And so we don't have a good offense when we're not in the word. And I believe, and I just shared this last week at the Glasgow farm when I was talking to a couple hundred women there, that uh, it's, it's by design. So in the morning when you wake up and the first thing you know you want to do is check social media, which, you know, Lord help us all to stop doing that. If you guys want to kick, by the way, this is a freebie for you. If you want to kick a social media addiction, I'm going to tell you how to do it. Are you ready? Write this down. Run for Congress. That'll do it. <laughs> I hardly get on there at all anymore. And uh, it's fantastic. I, I'm telling you, I'm going to get on and, and continue to do my Facebook lives and just uh, 
walk you guys through what it's like to run for Congress, but I'm not interested in seeing all the horrible things that people are tagging me in in the middle of the night while I'm trying to sleep. And uh, it's, it'll steal your joy and rob you of peace. And so I, I'm just here to say, you know, if you don't, you know, if you want to have some more peace in your life, maybe just get off social media. But that's an aside. Samantha, one of the things that I have learned to do is um, to try to get up before everybody else in the house. And you really do. And sometimes you just have to push through and force yourself to get in there and spend time with the Lord. And I wrote about this in uh, the Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Romance back way, way, way back a long time ago. I'm going to say it was 2014, maybe. Uh, I wrote a book on marriage and I was talking about just the the demands, you know, the everyday demands that were pulling me in a hundred different directions. And I just felt so far away from the Lord and God in his mercy was so good to say, you know, Heidi, I never left. I'm right here. I'm not distracted by the sound of a toddler at your feet. I'm not distracted by you nursing an infant. I'm not distracted by your schedule or any of those things. Uh, I just want to spend time with you. And I think as mothers and as women, Actually, I would imagine this is true of the men too. There's always something that feels more pressing than being in the Bible, right? Always something that feels like it's more important. We have to get things done. And when we're on our knees in prayer and when we're spending time in the Bible, when we're, when we're reading the word, it can feel like that might be the least important thing. But I'm here to remind you, it is the most important thing. It's the most important thing. And so don't neglect it. And don't let the adversary discourage you to the point where you don't want to try, right? Sometimes we just say, Lord, I've lost my want to. Please give me my want to back. I want to want to be in your word. I want to want to love my children and my husband the way that you've asked me to. I want to want to uh, devote the time that you've given me in the areas that you've called me to. And it's the adversary that makes us feel ill-equipped. It's the adversary that makes us feel worn out. And God would have you find victory and peace and blessing. So hang in there, Samantha. Your question is going to encourage a lot of people today. We love you guys. I'm out of time for today. I'm going to come back tomorrow. And actually, I'm leaving tonight. I'm leaving the studio a little bit early. I'm going to go have dinner with my kids tonight. My kids are cooking me dinner for my birthday. So I'm kind of excited about that. I want to thank you guys for your continued support of this podcast and for your support of our run for uh, the United States House of Representatives. Again, you can find more information on that at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. If you want to be giving to this ministry, which is the podcast, if it's encouraged you in any way, I will link back to the show notes today. Your donations are really making a difference. They're helping us get this thing out there. And we appreciate your help and love you guys so much. Thanks for listening today. We appreciate hearing from you and I'll come back tomorrow with some more listener questions meeting you right here at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.